dig. What's up? Welcome to the Things We Dig podcast, where we talk about pop culture and bullshit. On today's episode, look, mom, I'm roadkill. You can landfall on these nuts. Thought that was a cool like element to the world, and they combine it with the technology well. It doesn't feel hokey that there's you know quote unquote wizards fighting people with guns and shit. And yeah, homie gets blown the fuck up in the movie, at least. All right, listeners, welcome back to another episode of the Things We Dig podcast. Uh, This week, we're going to be talking about Saga, a very cool image comic series. But first, I want to do a lightning round and ask you guys all, who's your favorite comic book character of all time, whether they be popular or obscure? What about you, Fig? What do you think? For myself, I know you guys want me to say Batman, and Batman is my favorite, but you know, I want to show some love for The Flash, man. I feel like in recent years, The Flash has been uh, one of my favorite comic book characters just for his abilities to be able to travel through different multiverses and through time. And, you know, I'm just a, a sucker for a speedster. So I'll say Flash. Barry we Allen. all know. We all know you're a huge um, Ezra Miller fan, too. So mm, just follow that cult. I love Perks being a wallflower. <laughs> I forgot who's in there. Damn, dude, that was a very good movie and stellar yeah. book. I had a lot, but the first one that came to my mind was Rorschach from the Watchmen comic book series. Uh, he's a pretty brutal dude. Wears that mask that has that what Rorschach test that keeps changing patterns. And yeah, homie gets blown the fuck up. For me, uh, Wolverine from X-Men. I just always thought he was such an interesting character because he's pretty much indestructible to a certain point. He's like almost, you can't kill him, you know, but uh, he's lived for so long too. So he's has so much experience, but he got to a point where he doesn't remember any of his past or who he was and trying to figure that out. Like, it's just such a cool character arc to go along with like insane powers. And he has such a crazy temper as well. So I'll just go with that uh, classic character of Wolverine. Damn, great choice, Dave. I am also going with an X-Man and uh, Gambit, dude. I always thought he was super dope as a kid in the cartoon and shit. He fucking has his staff and his cool fucking jacket billowing in the wind, throwing his fucking energized cards and shit. Cool Cajun accent. Uh, very cool guy. I wish they would bring him into live action or something. They were good. They always talked about doing that Channing Tatum movie and that never went anywhere. But it would be cool to see him show up maybe in the MCU somewhere, I guess, now. I'm all for Gambit being in live action. I just was never a fan of the thought of Channing Tatum being. I like Channing Tatum. I think he's a funny dude, pretty decent actor. But Gambit, I don't know. I just feel like someone a little bit more suave and maybe serious. Like I just I couldn't see Channing Tatum being Gambit. Well, Didn't... you've never seen Step Up, dude. I mean, come on, he's got oh. the chops. Yeah, he's got the moves. Didn't wasn't there in that Wolverine one? It was like the sequel or something or a prequel with his brother. And there was a scene and Gambit was in it for a split second, or that was supposedly I, Gambit. It was no, Gambit. No, I think he, yeah. he, oh, he helped him. Like he he played a pretty significant part. But it was such uh, like a part. Yeah. Was it like just like a taste though? And we were like, oh, maybe we'll see more of that. And we just never he, did. Uh, he like dropped him off at that island and uh, he was like, peace out. I am not going down there. And oh, I think yeah. that's, I think he might have came it. back and helped him. And then he had like forgotten who he was mm. at that point. It was, was that the yeah. one with Ryan Reynolds and the fucking his mouth sound shit? Uh, no, I thought that was with his brother. Remember his like brother who was like also had like 
the things, but it came out of his nails. Sabretooth. No, it yeah. is that movie. Was, it's uh, Wolverine Origins. Oh. Yeah, he he turns out to be the villain in it. Mm-hmm. And they like make him get all the different powers from all the different X-Men. But he's Deadpool in that movie. They yeah, just like right. completely <laughs> turned him into that character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tend to forget about that movie. So I forgot that there was a Gambit <laughs> yeah. already. But I want a better Gambit. Agreed. But those were all some mainstream characters. But what we're talking about today is from Image Comics. It's probably best known for Spawn. It's their like number one comic that's been around for a long time. You're probably all familiar with. They do a ton of other really good ones. And we're talking about Saga today. Saga is an epic space opera comic book written by Brian K. Vaughn and illustrated by Fiona Staples. Based on a husband and wife, Alana and Marco, from a long warring planet. And they end up having a fucking kid together. And they're supposed to be war criminals. Turns into a fucking multi-planet faring crazy adventure after that. You guys have only read the beginning of the series. I'm 50 or 60 issues in now. You guys read the first six. What do you fucking think about it? I guess I'll just kick it off, man. Uh I went into it not... I didn't look into what it was at all. I was just like, all right, let's see how this goes. And instantly it's visually just looks crazy. I've never read even like any of the Spawn comic books or anything, but a lot of the time uh, it has that traditional, you know, comic book block and stuff and the bubbles, but then it'll have like writing on the page, which is the child, I believe their kid who's uh, Hazel. Was that the name? Hazel. Yeah. Hazel. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, dude, just instantly it like sucks you in because you're like, what is going on? Just how they look alone. She has some wings on and uh, Marco has like ram horns. So you're instantly like, oh, OK, this is some type of like magic, like maybe between these people and stuff. And there is a little bit of magic involved. But yeah, just that opening scene gets you right away. She's like on the table. And I was like, is she having a baby or like what is going on right now and then and the baby comes out and it's a little baby with the wings and she's like oh it it looks like she's gonna have your horns and it just jumps right into it and from there like the pieces to the puzzle of where they're from and how you were saying chris two warring peoples it's just instantly jumps into that story and i got sucked right into it yeah, I would agree. The story is very captivating. I mean, there's a lot of the illustration obviously is amazing and the character design. Some some of them are like, what the fuck? There's like a guy with like a TV head, which he's like a, I don't know, like a general, a king or a prince going after them because it's sort of like a Romeo and Juliet situation, right? They're not supposed to be in love because one race hates the other race, another race hates the other race. And they're almost, they're very racial in here. Like, and they don't even try to hide it. So it's a, you know, kind of an escape story. You know, they have this forbidden child, love child, and they're on the hunt. And I love stories like that. Stories where they're trying to look for safety and they're looking for allies in any way, shape or form. And I think it's dope that, you know, I guess spoiler alert, but Marco was a warrior on his planet. planet Wreath, right? He was on like a moon. Yeah, Wreath is uh, a moon of the planet Landfall where Alana is from. Yeah. And he, there's a scene where he just fucking tears up some of these landfalling soldiers because they essentially are, like I said, scum and they want to just kill him. And it almost looked like a lightsaber that he had, but he's trying to be uh, a peaceful individual now he doesn't want to kill but you know when someone's coming after you and your newborn you're going to do whatever you can and he sliced them 
motherfuckers up. So yeah, the story and everything so far, man. I'm, I read up to like six issues and it's been really great. Most definitely, I agree. Um, you guys guys kind of cleared it up perfectly. I think Alana was uh, like a corrections officer. I don't know. I couldn't find the word. She was working at a prison and this homie was in the prison and they broke out together. But yeah, I love it. I'm all about sci-fi. I'm all about just fantasy sci-fi, if you call it. And every time I think, you know, you see a lot of the same themes and a lot of the same stories with some of these. And then some story like this comes forward, completely different out there, multi-space, but but just a whole new creative realm. Those people that had the the robot faces. What was the term for them? Uh they're from they're called the Robot Kingdom. And they're oh, okay. like a yeah, kingdom of royalty. They're like commanders basically in mm-hmm. this war for one side yeah fucking dope commanders. i and of course i gotta finish it because you know the ending of the sixth episode left you on a cliffhanger for sure but definitely dope i love the creativity behind it and yeah there's magic and there's ghosts and you know interspecies uh sex and that whole that whole sex <laughs> world they go to is like ah, sextillion, yeah, dude. Sextillion. yeah i don't want to go off but uh, maybe we'll talk more about our favorite wow. characters so far but i have uh that that stock i think it was called stock or stalker oh, the, the stock the stock, yeah. stock? Yeah. god yeah, the damn stock. dude fucking so there's like dude. a you can hire visual antis in this world although like a boba fett type characters the will is one the stock is one and they mm-hmm. all have a name like that the and something it's like their code name working for this organization that's technically like legal within this galaxy and i mean you, they kind of alluded to it so it's not much of a spoiler but they used to be lovers so her getting fucking murked like that is mm-hmm. wild dude i know i thought when they were lovers like just of course my dirty brain was like how how are they fucking like I was like looking at this like spider chick and I was just like, how does that, how does that work? But uh, that wasn't the weirdest part of the comic for sure. Now yeah, you dude. talked about those guys with the TVs on their face, the robot kingdom. I think it's cool when they have like a very deep or, you know, rash emotion they displayed on their face with like a picture of something similar to what that emotion would be. Yeah pretty pretty fucking cool how throughout the comic they do that art dude one thing that's very cool about it as well i don't read a lot of comics and um one of the last things i did was years ago only because it was coming out in theaters was um the watchman dude and you can obviously when you're visually reading it you like almost put voices to the characters and stuff and this instantly man like plays out in your head i you could easily see this being turned into a movie or a television series you know uh, a series on one of these streaming sites but just yeah visually and storyline so far is so wild man al brought up the sextillion part dude and the big-headed women that just show up with the long legs and i was like no way is this dude about to go in and like bang these like weird ass aliens like head same thing like how dude but yeah he goes in there and fucking they think he's like oh man this guy's not really into what we have to offer he's into some crazy fucking weird shit and they try to offer him a kid and he's like oh damn well gotta yeah. fucking kill you now and Mad. just dude, smashes that fucking that kill man oh yeah dude that kill was wild do you guys remember the movie undercover brother when neil patrick harris freaks out and smashes the dude's head yeah. <laughs> that's what dude. it reminded me of yeah it was fucked. She was six years old, which was like, God yeah. damn, man. Good for yeah. him for fucking smashing that dude's face. He's, Dude, uh... and that, that lady took his uh, white card, that basically the unlimited card that was given to him 
Yeah, this is the start uh, of a massive downward spiral for that dude, man. God, I hope you guys keep reading the comic. Yeah, the the oh, will sure. seems like he is a badass, kind of like you said. Well, kind of Mandalorian, right? Fucking f- found this kid and all of a sudden kind of had a change of heart. And who knows where it's going to lead to, but almost is he going to kind of lean more towards on dude. the good side? Top her out, to mention, you know? not, we forgot to mention, too, he has a badass sidekick this big ass cat that can oh. tell if somebody's lying to to him. Lying, it's lying like a cat. cat yeah. I have a, a piece of lion cat art next to in my office next to where I paint. Man, it's fucking super dope. He's That's one dope. of my favorite characters in the whole comic, and all he says is lying, and he's a cat. He's awesome. Yeah, who'd you say? April something? Who did the the artwork? Uh, Fiona Staples. Oh, I had to say April. Jesus. Dude, she kills it. April O'Neil, or <laughs> this started in God. I don't. I'd have to look and see to be honest with you. But it's been going on for so long now that her art has like improved across the thing. Like you can tell from these, and it's already really good in these. But like in the latest shit, it's through the roof, man. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's truly impressive. That I mean, it's it's. I really am disappointed that I don't read a lot of these and and I really should get into it because it it leaves a lot for imagination, but it doesn't. I mean, it's like you're watching a badass movie while reading it and, you know, the way the bubbles move in different directions, it's easy to follow, you know, and then there's like the narrator talk like the baby's talking and then just the the artwork. I mean, the fact that this, this chick has already done artwork for 60 issues and you said there's going to be a hundred. Yeah. Um, and- that's some like, that's some crazy talent. Dude, in the wild stuff, like when they start talking about like the landfall and wreath and like the war and show like the crazy armies battling each other and like the wired ass creatures and stuff in there. So dope. And throughout the comic, you guys see even like you haven't even met some of my favorite fucking characters in the whole thing, dude. It's awesome. Dude, well, not even to jump around too much, but um, when Marco was dying and he he went out and he was like, tell my bride that... um. I loved her or something, or I still love her or something weird like that. And then she said, and then he said, Gwendolyn. And she was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And she was hella pissed, dude. And um, so I, I just feel like that's something I know Chris is way further ahead in the story, but you know, that's going to come arcing. Back yeah. Around. I was so going to say crazy without spoiling too much. Chris, is, is that the last we hear about that? Oh God, no, dude. <laughs> oh, She's a, yeah. becomes a massive thing in this it's so funny in this comic like characters you come into it and you think oh this is just gonna be a little one-off blah 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 character and then become crazy influential the story and people who you think like damn this person's gonna be big will die in the next panel and you're like oh holy fucking shit man it's uh pretty it's almost like when i finally started watching game of thrones trying to catch up because you guys (laughs) are talking about the season the series finale i'm like fuck all right let me just bust it out so I would like talk to you guys about something from like season three. So I feel like it's sort of maybe the same with a comic series because you're you say you're 50 or so issues in now. Uh, it's around 61. I'd have to look. They're taking a little bit of a break right now. They just finished an arc and it's going in. They went on like a the, during the pandemic, like a almost three year break, I want to say. Oh, oh wow. shit. And right when they came back, I almost wanted to do this pod. But then, you know, shit goes as it does. So I'm glad we're doing it now. Yeah, yeah, I saw 60 issues so far on that okay, website. Yeah, but... maybe 61's the next one coming then. 
So you're on like season five right now, right? Man. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're like like barely in the <laughs> beginnings, dude. I would like oh, for yeah. you guys to keep reading it, and like six months from now or something, if you got, we could all like read the whole thing and then talk about what you think of the story dude. then versus now. That would be, dude, for sure. We should. Really we could even. We could. We could even um, continue in between with uh, like the quick dig episodes and throw in like when we've done an arc or whatever you know yeah like uh till we catch up to you or whatever man Mm -hmm. yeah that'd be really cool it was smooth reading for sure so i definitely on my breaks i was able to honestly read like three three issues dude on your phone it makes it so much easier too because you're just like i was just scrolling it's Mm -hmm. right there i didn't have with the second website that you you guys found i had zero issues with pop-ups like nothing really happened yeah they just like sprinkle the ads in a different way but i just would like zoom in a little bit but uh I would almost want to get it on like a, a, a Kindle or something to just well, get it a little bigger. Dope. Also, yeah. also in this first arc, the they they refer to them as horrors, right? But they're just ghosts. And yeah. when you first see them, it's like a group of kids, and they all they all look so innocent, and it almost makes you feel bad because at first I was like, oh, that's fucking freaky but the way the art is drawn it's not it doesn't make them look scary it almost makes them look like you know like little like kid sad, happy like, yeah, yeah like, and you're like damn you find out like that's from the war and the the ghost that's helping them in particular stepped on a landmine she doesn't even know from who what side and it just blasted her and mm-hmm. i guess that's part of what they believe in their culture is they come back and they're supposed to like haunt people i guess of the war still or something and she just wants to be at peace but something i'm wondering is she she hasn't shown any signs of being anything other than innocent and i'm wondering if there will be like an all like she's playing some long con because she's tied herself now to this infant and i'm wondering if there's some type of benefit to this that we don't know about but how do you guys feel about this just uh in these first six comics about that character I feel like she is more so going to help them out at least, you know, and kind of adds a little bit of an interest to to their story, Alana and Marco. I mean, they're on the hunt, you know, or they're on the escape from being hunted. So I feel like she'll she'll aid them. But at the same time, yeah, like you, you never know. She might not be doing it intentionally to be, you know, malicious. But at the same time, you know, sometimes you got to just look out for yourself, especially in this type of war. So, um, yeah, I'm curious of how this is going to pan out. Chris, thoughts? You're pondering over there. <laughs> oh, man, I really... She, uh, I want to spoil it, tell you everything. But she she was in a position, though, where she literally didn't have a choice. It was well, like... Like, what was when her... Well, Marco's parents showed up or something, and then yeah. and then they shoot them or... Cast or a sheet blaster with a spell and like, oh, send to the nearest planet, her her spirit or whatever. Oh, uh, okay. Because it like looked like it shot the horror girl. What was her name? Uh, Isabella? Or... Isabel, yeah. Isabel, yeah. And it looked like there was like blood. And I'm like, oh, did they just like fucking hurt her? But... Dude, she's one of those characters where when she first showed up and they're like the horrors in the in the forest. I'm like, oh, this is going to be. And then did she ends up being like a very main integral part of the story. I won't say whether good or bad, but has some some crazy mm-hmm. moments. Man. Well, I'll yeah, say I they kind of gave me the the for whatever reason reason the ragtag group of like dead or ghost children re- kind of reminded me or gave me the vibes of the critters from South Park when they oh, did those shit. episodes. Oh, yeah. so, <laughs> that, uh, that's wild. 
what did you think of the parents showing up at the end? You brought you just touched on that out. Like, do you guys what do you guys think that's gonna fucking go, man? Dude, I feel like shit is gonna go down, man. I mean, I like I said, I got up to the sixth issue and it dives in a little bit of uh Marco's upbringing and kind of how his, his parents are. And obviously, they're they're gonna be against him marrying Alana and having a child too, as well. So I didn't get that far into it, but just like any kind of movie series book whatever you may see you know parents kind of always having that negative attitude towards you know the person their child married could cause some tension and alana's mm-hmm. not one to take shit man like so i'm really kind of hoping you know she, i mean she will stand her ground and obviously protect her baby which i think marco will too but it almost seems like he's one of those he might be one of those people because he's kind of a pacifist now as like is he gonna kind of do what his parents are asking of him or is he gonna stand by his side his you know wife and and daughter good point i think it's gonna be one of those stories though like going back to that scene where leading up to it um where he slaughtered all those landfallian soldiers he was saying that the whole time like i've took an, an oath a sworn oath i will never pull this blade out and i will never be violent again you know and so you're like okay this guy had to have been some type of like really badass person at some point so i think they will touch on that and i think it's going to be one of those stories with the character where he wants so badly to be out of that life but he's always going to have one foot in it so he's going to have to fucking fight again man there's no way he's just gonna keep you know it's gonna it's just gonna be that way i feel like so i look forward to seeing his past because it sounds like he was a ruthless badass soldier in the beginning for a long time and i'm sure he made a lot of enemies along the way too enemies that are her people and maybe vice versa man so this it's it's gonna be a wild ride i'm definitely gonna try to read all and catch up to the point where chris is can we just talk a little bit about the sextillion scene? Yeah, that shit was so wild, it. man. I know I kind of brought that up in the beginning. I didn't, I was, I feel like I kind of was jumping around everywhere. I didn't know how to begin talking about this comic, but that scene in particular was so crazy, man, because like I said, you see those like first women that greet him and you're like, what is going on? And then you go in and it's like the, um, the, it wasn't the, the land falling people, the, the winged people. It was girls though. Look like. They all were hooking up, and then you oh keep yeah, walking. dude. Did yeah, you see that like just... snake lady that they showed, like dude, it yeah, was the... very reminiscent of the boys. That sex scene, what, oh, was that? Yeah, did they call that sex scene something in particular? Um, uh, super. Oh, hero gasm. Hero gasm. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, dude. Dude, and it's like even though it's a comic, it just makes your mind like visualize this place and this thing, and like seeing it like on a on a screen almost, you know, and, and just like imagining the smell in there <laughs> oh it's definitely got a stank too. dude that's gotta have a stank to it dude all the wanted little, to fuck, right? yeah, yeah all the little details in the background too like the artist drawing it like just a, one panel of him walking you see like crazy aliens and shit just banging mm-hmm. in the background you're like god damn i always like it, there's way more crazy stuff you see as the comic goes on dude super dope and i've always imagined like what how how close does she come to his imagination you know what i mean like when he because 
I've seen sketches of his. Like, he's can do rough sketches and shit. He's not like a full-blown artist like her or whatever. But I can't imagine being like, all right, so they're going to a place called Sextillion. And I need <laughs> yeah. you to just think up, like, the craziest aliens banging you ever can. And then she draws this, and it's, like, you know, crazy and gross, but also super fucking dope and well done at the same time. And you're like, damn, I wonder how they those conversations and shit go about of, like, transferring from his imagination to her fucking artwork. It's really intriguing to me. Yeah. I think I mentioned this before when we read the other comic and how I, I'll, I'll read it and obviously I, I see the panels but I'll read first kind of digest what's happening in this certain you know page or panel and then go back and just kind of look at every detail and kind of see facial expressions and because when, when you read you're really focusing on on the words obviously with a comic book and you're not you know grasping at least me the the visuals right away so that's why I'll go back and look and like you said Chris you look in the background like oh shit I totally did not see that and just yeah dude it looked intense and yeah homie was looking for a good time and you know i think his life is going to change from uh what we talked about and who he found well he was, was looking almost... for one of those spider women you know like, <laughs> yeah. if he liked that chick then i was like oh then he was definitely down for some where, some where arach- can i find the arach- arach- arachnid puss arachnids arachnids it was almost like uh, a little reminiscent of the rick and morty episode of like the inception episode where they're going like into the people's dreams and then the people in the dreams and their dreams and they go into the math teacher's dream and it's like the sex orgy and it's all this weird shit happening everywhere dude that's like i had a <laughs> flashback to that for whatever reason too just i guess because they're both like illustrated but um yeah dude i just thought that was a really crazy it's cool how each issue issue i guess or each episode kind of jumps from scene to scene like that too man and that was definitely one where i feel like that character uh, what's his name again the the guy Marco? that went to the no to oh, the sex the will oh the will yeah the will dude i i want to like him and i do so far i like his character and i think he's going to be a badass but i think he's somebody who lives by a code and they've alluded to that to where he's gonna do shit that's not gonna make you like him as much you know what i mean he's definitely an anti-hero and he has some of the dopest panels in the entire comic dude of just shit that he says or does you're like god damn the will dude that's badass but his uh story also goes a place that you guys probably wouldn't fucking expect either where like he's not always super badass dude he's like uh, he's like a combination of the Mandalorian and Casey Jones at this point. Right. Yeah. <laughs> nice. yeah. Cool cat. Uh, and, uh, and Quagmire because he likes the fuck. One, one of the last things I wanted to touch on giggity. was like how, <laughs> giggity, how the magic works in this world. Like there's technology and all this shit, but there's also legit ass like magic that the um the people of Wreath used to fight with. Used, and I, I think it's crazy how it's powered. Like when he gets wrapped up in that shit, he needs a secret to get out of it to be able to cast his spell. And there's other different stuff like that throughout the comic that they have to do. Like the magic doesn't just come from nowhere and the different things they have to do or give up to cast it is crazy. Like that, you know, ship made out of wood that they get to and he's all stoked. He's like, some of the best fucking ships we ever made out of lumber or whatever. And he has to like break up his sword and give something up for it to like open up and work for them. I thought that was a cool like element to the world and they combine it with the technology well. It doesn't feel hokey that there's, you know, quote unquote wizards fighting people with guns and shit. No, I agree completely. That was 
really cool. Just like, I don't know, like magic and like witchcraft, you know, we're very, very much, you know, have to put a lock of hair into something or, or give blood or just things like that where you have to sacrifice. So I'm excited to see more of that. I thought the spaceship, the, what was it called? Spaceship Forest. I was really excited to see where that was going and they finally got to it and it was barren, but to find out that it was literally like a tree that ended up being a rocket ship that was like, still, I'm sure there's more to come with that because we only got a little taste as, as what the hell this ship is all about that they're not necessarily controlling. It's, it's, it's a rocket ship and it's alive. So it definitely is sentient to an extent. I will say that it doesn't like, you know, do come alive and be like, hello, inhabitants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it has a fucking free thinking mind of its own for sure. Well, Isabel says, he's like, how do we navigate? She's like, you don't navigate a rocket ship. You ride the rocket ship and just hope it goes where you want. <laughs> but she also said that, you know, you can also have some, I guess, preference, I guess, if you ask nicely or if you sort of, you know, guide it in that sense, not really navigate it, but, you know, want to. But at this point, Marco and Alana are just trying to get anywhere, anywhere away from this war, you know, so really curious of where it's going to take them and how shit's going to happen, you know? Oh, yeah. Dude, well, I'm glad you guys all fucking really dug this comic, man. I hope you keep reading it. We could talk about it later, but if you keep reading it, fucking text me about it because Be- I don't have anything to talk we- to about this shit. Before we end it too, the one assurance that I do like is the writing on the page that is the kid obviously has made it to a certain age. So you're like, okay, like I know like they're going to fill in the in-between, but definitely I think we're all going to keep reading it. So I look forward to continuing talking about it, dude, as we all can, as we finish more arcs. Yeah, I yeah. will say without it being a spoiler, because she is the narrator of the story, This the comic is about like her and her life and like, you know, being born into and caught up in this crazy fucking intergalactic war. So are we going to possibly hint at seeing some time jump? Uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Without, All right. Without spoiling anything, you see her. Some movie. time jump is, is it... boobies? <laughs> time I mean, titties? Boobies but... for sure, not hers. <laughs> <laughs> what I did like about what you guys are saying, Dave, about her narrating it, how she even kind of said, she's like, you know, they're trying to save my life, not because I become some grand person in this world, but simply be just because I'm their daughter. You know, mm-hmm. it's like the story is about me and I'm not a genius. I'm not some great warrior. I'm just their daughter caught yeah, up yeah. in this fucking war and them trying to give me a better life. So I was like, oh, that's pretty interesting. Like it kept it pretty low key. You know, she's not a princess. She's not, you know, gonna, she's not a prophecy to save the world. It's just, that's our fucking daughter and we're gonna try to save her. So it was a little kind of kept it grounded, which I really like. Oh yeah. Yeah, dude, for sure. I'm excited for you guys to keep reading it. I'm definitely gotta finish it. I honestly, I haven't like read uh, like a story or a book in a, in a long time, man. And like, um, I put it off until today to read it because I wanted it to be fresh in my mind. So I was like, damn, I hope that each issue isn't like super long. No, but it, it wasn't. I was able to burn right through it, man. And I almost liked doing it that way too, because like I said, it just felt like with the visual and stuff, like it almost felt like you're watching it, you know? Right. Like I, I like that aspect of it a lot. And the storyline is so good so far. And it's, I, I can't wait to see how it keeps developing. Um, Like I was saying at the beginning of the pod that this is from Image Comics, which is my favorite comic book creator. I mean, not to shit on DC or Marvel at all. They're amazing and they make amazing stories. But I think for the last like decade and going into the future, like these, I mean, Image is not a smaller thing anymore, but it was started originally by artists and people that, you know, weren't at the top of the industry. They made their own thing and they tell better stories. Like, you know, the mainstream shit, it's dope and they tell amazing stories too. But like if Superman or someone dies, they're going to come 
back and they're going to do something and like, oh, read this side comic and this side comic to find out what the whole story is. But with a lot of these, almost all the image ones, you just read the one comic and you find out what's going on. And like people die, they're usually fucking dead and they tell these crazy stories. And it wasn't until I started reading them that I really found that you can tell, like you guys are saying, reading it, like you could just get engrossed in this crazy ass big fucking world. So I'm glad that you guys like these, but they make some other really good ones that you should check out, like Invincible. I know you guys watch that show, Invincible uh, Image makes that fucking one. Yeah, dude. And The Walking Dead, dude. Yeah, amazing, I was going to say. Amazing comic. The show's good, but the well, comic was a fucking 10, dude. It's Invincible almost kind wild. of it's almost kind of like, um, I feel like Marvel and DC suffer from like how big they got, you know, and oh, their characters. Yeah. That it's like, they're like the corporate side of it, which we all love still. And we love all those characters, but like, it sounds like Image, and most definitely you're more of the aficionado, but just from like like an outsider's perspective, because I don't really read a lot of comics. It sounds like it's almost more of like an independent, like for the artists yes. that love comics in the industry. And like, that's the feeling I got looking at it, dude. It almost made me feel like this is exactly like what you would imagine, like when you're a kid reading like Marvel or DC, like if you had the freedom to create your own characters right. and storylines, you know? And that's what I did. That's what I felt like um, was the most like, like the coolest thing that connected me to this comic so far was that aspect of it and it's like you get that feeling right away and you're not going to be able to predict any of this storyline at all and I get not to like shit on DC or Marvel they have some of the greatest storylines of all time and pave the way for shit like this but I just feel like these days the better stories are being told elsewhere you know what I mean from your experience Chris with Image Comics and maybe other independent or just you know not huge you know comic book companies like DC and Marvel do they tend to end like oh yeah saga will, will end and just never not never come back but it's just over you know like yeah. you said superman will die and come back and kind of kind of thing like walking dead is over invincible is over uh black science another really good one is over and like i was uh saying i don't know if i said it in text to you guys earlier on this pod but um saga should be around 100 issues when they came back from that break i want to say that was around issue 55 and she said that was the first half of the story now this is the second half of the story so they definitely do have definitive ends and some of them are only you know the whole story is 14 issues or 7 issues or 30 issues which is cool like I feel it's the same way with a lot of TV shows and stuff sometimes when you have a smaller thing with a planned you know beginning middle and end you can tell a way more solid fucking story than trying to be like oh we have to keep bringing these characters back and keep them going on for hundreds of issues and Spawn is the only one I know of of theirs that has like hundreds that and Savage Dragon no that's cool I like having I like it having an end you know 100 issues seems like a fuck ton i mean a lot has happened in six episodes and times that by 10 if you guys a lot were to want to check out another one like that you haven't like not you know you know what happens in invincible you know what happens in the walking dead mm -hmm. monstrous by image comics okay it's a fucking phenomenal comic book okay. and the art is out of this world sweet yeah gotta check that one out too all right well fuck i love talking comic books with you guys but i think uh old figuruni has a game for us yes sir got a little bit of a comic book slash movie trivia so let's roll into that my dudes and here we go all right fellas so i put together a comic book movie trivia game but the kicker is since saga isn't such a mainstream comic book i found a few deeper cut comic books that were made into movies some may even surprise you so I have questions, two questions for each of you, and then we'll roll into a free-for-all. 
similar to what we've done in the past, if someone doesn't know the answer and someone else does, they can sneak in and steal those points. So let's get the games a rolling. Hell yeah. All righty. So this first one is for you, Big Dave. This extraterrestrial movie came out in 1997, based around a 1991 six-issued comic book series. It would go on to do three other movie sequels. One notable character in the film was Frank the Pug. What is this movie? That would be Men in Black. Here come the Men in Black. Has anybody seen the... The last one, though, do we count that? Was that the one with uh, the when he goes back in time? No, with a whole new cast. Oh, um, I never saw it. I never. It saw was it. like, I, dude, I think it was yeah. worth watching, but not a movie I'm ever going to go back and spend two hours to watch again. Yeah, I honestly right. don't attach it to the Will Smith movies. I think that's kind of its own thing. I think you can consider that mm-hmm. a reboot. It's like the girl Ghostbusters. I I put that on the <laughs> same tier. Dave, you can't say that anymore. You are canceled now, Dave. <laughs> Dave. Alrighty, yes, Dave. That was Men in Black. Good job. Next one is for you, AB. What 2010 Edgar Wright comic book film featured Chris Evans and Jason Schwartzman? That is Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yes, yes, you are correct, my friend. Scott Pilgrim versus the World, man. Yes, dude. Yeah, one movie. of my favorite non. I mean, he. I guess he is a superhero, but non-mainstream i guess i would say and i read about four or so issues of scott program love it man love the animation style so good job ab nice bro i forgot it's funny when you said uh chris evans trying to throw you off a little bit dude you did and i was just thinking like what he was in that and i'm like oh dude he was man yeah that was great man love that movie awesome well christmas cookie this next one is for you my friend which of these movies started off as a graphic novel, A, Con Air, B, Snowpiercer, C, Training Day, or D, Point Break? You're pondering very hard there. I'll give you Dude, two guesses. I have, I have no idea, but it's the most radical of them, so I'm going to go with Snowpiercer. You would be correct. Nice. Hey. Good, nice, dude. If it would have been one of the other ones, I would have been fucking shocked, flabbergasted, dude. Dude, it's funny because when I was looking up you know, other movies to make sure they didn't start off as comic books. There was a few in there. I'm like, damn, I didn't even know this movie was a comic book or start off as a comic series. So yeah, man, I mean, Con Air, can you imagine Con Air comic book series? That shit would be fucking super dope. I was thinking uh, sure. Training Day too, when you threw that out there. <laughs> I was like, damn, was Training Day a fucking comic book? That would be book? wild, dude. In this day and age, there are like, especially on streaming services, shit that will come out and they'll be like, based on the comic. I'm like, I've never even fucking heard of this yeah. shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Snowpiercer, man. Dope movie. And yeah, maybe you got to find some time to read that too after Saga. Dude, that is something that's cool though, is I think they've seen these studios have seen the success of other comic book story arcs where now they know that's like great source material. You know what I mean? It's like basically all there for you. You just oh, got to yeah. build the characters. The whole storyboard is already ready. Right. Yeah. All right. Back to you, Dave. Next question. What year did Zack Snyder's 300 movie come out? I'll give you two guesses. Was it 2009? No, my friend, it was not. Was it 2007? It was not 2007. Damn! When was it? I'll uh, see if... uh... 2008? No. (laughs) Uh, Chris or Alex, anyone know? 
I'm gonna say 2005. Nope. Wow, dude, that's too early, probably. I'll mm-hmm. let Chris. I thought 2007 there. for sure. 2006, 2006? 2010, 2006 is when it came oh. out. Oh, oh, so I was dude, close. You're muted, Chris. Day, Chris you're muted. Oh, I was muted. I was saying 2006 over and over. Then. Kept guessing. I'm sorry. I, I already got my two guesses in. I was, but dude, getting... I was 2006, 2006. It's 2006. I, I think that's... I think those points have to go to go to Chris, uh, man. I said 2005. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> dude. <laughs> yeah, I I knew it was like in that neighborhood of 07 because I saw that movie right before I went to Russia. So I was like, dude. It has to be in this window. And I was like, fuck, it's 2006 after Alex said 05 and you said no. I will take yeah. those points because I didn't actually ever say 2006. Yeah. And I believe we, I, I, I want to say I was with you guys. I was definitely with Steve, but we went to the midnight showing of 300. Oh, yeah. That didn't some people we know show up in like Roman, like the toga style shit as a joke? I almost want to say. Sounds yeah, those, familiar. Those you guys be murdered. Show them that we were the Spartans. Alrighty, uh, back to you, AB. This is a movie quote from a 1994 comedy based around a dark, wacky comic book series. That movie quote goes as following. Look, mom, I'm roadkill. Any guesses? Oh, man, dude. Is there an opportunity to steal if he doesn't get the answer? No. I'll give him two tries, two guesses. I I know it, but I'm drawing a fat blank, and I want to say blank check, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Throw some guesses out, man. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, it was a d- dinosaur movie. No, look, Ma, I'm roadkill. What is it, Dave? Uh, oh, wait, no, hold um, on. Alex gets a second. Hold on, I forgot. Alex gets one more guess. I'm stretching hard right now, and I want to say it was like he was a lizard. I want to say you're on the right. You're kind of on the color. Dude, I know, I know it, but it's gonna kill me. But I've, I'm, I got nothing. Sorry, Chris. You don't know it. You don't know it, Chris. I'm with Alex. As soon as you say it, I'm gonna be like, fuck. I know. Um, I believe it's the mask with Jim Carrey. It Uh, is the uh, mask. uh, Remember I when was, he like yeah. falls and he's like, "Look, Ma, I'm a roadkill." Yeah, Damn, <laughs> I give this one to I you. I remember that now because in the Halloween episode, you said you dressed up as the mask yeah. for Halloween. <laughs> Damn, well, dude, that's what I was saying. Like, I think you're confusing because the green mask on his face. I was like, I don't know, it's like dude. a wizard person or something. Yeah, but... dude, the quote sounded familiar, but yeah. Yeah. Well, good job, Davey, for stealing those points. Next one is uh, for you, my friend, Chris. This 2005 action film starred Clive Owen, Rosario Dawson, Benicia Del Toro, and Elijah Wood. What is this movie? Lord oh, of the Rings. Um, fucking, uh, hold on. I know this. Sin City. Sin City. Oh, yes. nice. Frank Miller, wow. baby. He yeah. did 300 too, right? Mm-hmm. No. Yes. 300. No. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He did 300. And Very cool. The more famous characters would have been Bruce Willis and Mickey Rourke. But if I said those in yeah. combination with these. You said Elijah Wood, too. Dude, very cool art style and direction for that movie. Something you don't really. I mean, I'm sure other people have done movies like that, but uh, they definitely pulled it off. Well. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Elijah Wood was psycho in that oh, movie. Dude, mm-hmm. dude when he's getting his legs Man, chopped man. off or he's getting eaten by wolves, right? I, I can't remember. Something exactly, like that. But he's just like. 
his stoic face is like smiling still. I'm like, damn, crazy. All righty. Well, that ends the individual rounds. I got a couple questions just free for all. If you guys know the answer, whoever's first will grab those points. So this first free for all question, this actor played Red Skull in Captain America, the first Avenger. What other comic book movie was he in? Oh, the Matrix. Damn. No, that is not oh, the Lord of the Rings. The Lord of the Rings. That's not a comic book, you fuck. <laughs> um, oh, hold on, uh, don't hold on. Give me a minute. Let me think for a second. Guardians of the Galaxy. Nope. Do you guys know the actor? Yeah, Hugo I know. Weaving. I know who he is, but yeah, he plays Hugo Weaving, right? Yeah, yep, that is correct. He oh, plays man. the Red Skull in another comic book. Or sorry, the Red Skull is in another comic book. I'm going to feel like a real he asshole. Plays it, he plays it in the first uh, Captain American movie. Yeah, no, no. I said he played it. Red Skull in Captain America, the first Avenger. What other movie separate? He plays another character in another movie. Sorry if I... Uh, it's also movie. based off comics. Exactly. Is it a Superman film? Nope. Damn. Is it Hellboy? Oh, not Hellboy. No. Oh, you got me, dog, right there. <laughs> You could be an actor, dude. Um, <laughs> it takes place in a dystopian future, England, London. Oh, is it uh... V for Vendetta? V for Vendetta. Yes, yeah. sir. Damn it! We knew novel. that, bro. You never see his face in that. No, I always yeah. wanted to, man, because he was like saying it was like scarred and stuff. And you just man, you, you get curious ah. when someone says that. Great movie, dude. Yeah. Awesome. He played V. Yeah. Played V. Yeah. I never wow. knew that, dude. I never knew that. Whoa. <laughs> That's yeah, cool. All righty, fellas. Good job, AB. I'll roll into the next one. So this movie inspired by another comic book series, which was a Marvel series. It was a 1995 movie. Sylvester Stallone played Judge Dredd. Ooh. There was a reboot in 2012. Carl Urban, baby. Carl fucking Urban. Oh. Damn. <laughs> yeah, I had in my notes for the answer, Carl Urban. Good old Billy fucking Butcher, man. Dude, oh, if you guys really? haven't watched this movie, it's one of the most underrated comic movies of all time. Dude, I've the seen Dread, the original. The Dread reboot is good. It's a great just it? action film, dude. Just, it's just a, called Dread, right? Yep, just a straight up dope fucking action film. Watch I'll it. I'll watch it. Never saw it. Very watch. underrated. Yeah, gotta Billy check it out. Butcher. He, uh, he puts <laughs> on a great performance in it, man. Dude, from what I read, uh, a lot of people are petitioning for... A sequel. They love fucking yeah, Carl. It was Urban. great, dude. It was a great action film, just front yeah. to back, like solid as fuck. Good acting, good shit. No, uh, no real fat to trim off of it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. For this next one, this is a 2001 thriller. It was inspired by the Alan Moore and Eddie Campbell graphic novel based around the murders of Jack the Ripper. Any guesses? I can give a clue. I don't want to give this clue away too early, like I did last time. Oh, is it the, ba the Batman, the Batman and Jack the Ripper comic? Nope. <laughs> Alan Moore is super Sorry. famous, man. I don't, I'm really ashamed that I can't think of this one right now. <laughs> if you guys want a hint, I can give you a hint. Yeah, I need a hint. This movie. Wait, what stars... is this? It's a movie. Yeah, it's a movie based around this graphic novel around the murders of uh, Jack the Ripper. The movie took the name from this graphic novel too. So, starring Johnny Depp, it's a darker. Thriller from 2001. Um, Sweeney Hollow? Todd. Ooh, no. Ooh, Sweeney Todd, good guess, but 
kind of kind of had the same feel of it. Edward Scissorhands? No. Nope. Oh. Same same feel. Johnny, it's Johnny Depp. Depp. Yeah. Is it where he played a vampire? No. He's like an oh. investigator. Oh, dude. It was oh, a pretty scary like, movie, the, right? The, yeah. the one with uh, John Turturro or Turturro? Dude, um, fuck, man. I don't know, dude. The movie is From Hell. Oh, yeah. Oh. I've never I would, seen it. I would it. never guess that, dude. Yeah. It's a crazy movie. All right, From Hell. So I'll, I'll just take those points. <laughs> All righty, fellas. I got one last one for you. So which of these Tom Hanks films was based around the David Self graphic novel? Is it A, Castaway, B, The Terminal, C, Road to Perdition, or D, Splash? <laughs> C, Road to Perdition. Dave, any guesses? I think um, whatever A was. A was Castaway. Forrest Gump. Just fine. No, I, th- I think, uh, fuck. I'm going to go with uh, The Terminal. The Terminal? Okay. Chris? Mm, no fucking clue, so I'm going to go with D, Splash. <laughs> well, AB, you would get those points, my friend. Road yeah. Perdition. Uh, graph- started off yeah. as a graphic novel. It just felt like that one of all of them would be the best, you know. Have you guys seen The Terminal, time. man? That yeah, that was, is not like That movie a, was weird. <laughs> like, based on a true story, dude. That was like... <laughs> Never. Maybe Castaway. Splash Probably. was like a mermaid, right? He falls mermaid. in Splash was a, yeah. Mm-hmm. Never <laughs> seen the terminal? Probably never will, man. Uh, it's yeah. not bad. All righty, fellas. Well, good job. Thanks for joining me on this comic book movie trivia game. But on that note, damn good pod. Thanks, Chris, for introducing us to Saga. Definitely going to have to read more issues. But until next time, later days, my friends. Hell yeah, all you fucking wreaths and land polyans. Go on fighting the good fight. See you later, homies. You can landfall on these nuts. Goodbye. Bitch!